Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 29, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 5, and we're on page 64, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Atlanta M., the 12 Traditions, Carmela G., reading the text are Deborah F., Gina F. and Barbara E. The reference numbers for Monday, May 28, 2018 are for the 7 a.m., 11,467. That's 11467. And for the 10 a.m., 11,469. That's 11469. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Alana M. to read the 12 steps. Thanks, Katie. Uh, I'm, a comp- I'm a recovering compulsive overeater um, I'm from Ottawa, Canada. And these are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Okay, I will now ask Carmela G. to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Carmela G. from New York, and these are the 12 traditions we took. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, 
there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into the public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carmela. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing a topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 64, the first paragraph, and we'll be reading through three paragraphs. I will ask Deborah F. to begin reading. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Devorah S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from, there, from New Jersey. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. Taking a commercial inventory is a fact-finding and fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. 
One object is to disclose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. If the owner of the business is to be successful, he cannot fool himself about values. We did exactly the same thing with our lives. We can take stock honestly. First, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which, is caused, which caused our failure. Being convinced that self manifested in various ways was what had defeated us. We considered its common manifestation. Resentment, that is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. From it stem all forms of spiritual disease, for we have not for we have been not only mentally and physically ill, we have been spiritually sick. When the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. In dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. We listed people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. We asked ourselves why we were angry. In most cases, it was found that our self-esteem, our pocketbooks, our ambitions, our personal relationships, including sex, were hurt or threatened. So we were sore. We were burnt up. Okay. Wow. This really says a lot. And I avoided these pages for a very, very long time because it was scary for me. It was like, I did not want to have to deal with this. And Devorah, we lost you. Press star one. Yeah, I'm here. I just okay. uh, the the man was telling me what to do in the in the okay. I don't know why it just went off. Anyway, so honestly, I didn't want to have to fill up um, um, notebooks of my writing because that's what I heard people were doing around me. They were writing and writing and filling up tons of notebooks, and to me that sounded like I don't want to write book. I don't want to write a book. Um, until, and, and I, I put it off for many, many years. And I remember, um, going to a, uh, an OA function where there were two recovered AA speakers and they spoke about this and they, they wrote it on the blackboard and they gave illustrations. And I remember going over to one of them and talking to them at the break. And I said, you know what? I, I don't have any resentment. <laughs> I'm really, I, I don't have any resentment. And he looked at me and he says, everybody has resentment. And it was such a, it was like, really? I lived in such a fog that, you know, everything was just perfect. Everything was just fine. But, and, you know, as time went on, I realized that, you know, I was living on this wonderful pink cloud of look at me, everybody. I lost 150 pounds and isn't that great? And then all of a sudden something woke up. I started feeling things that I hadn't felt in a very long time. And all of a sudden, people weren't doing what I wanted them to do. And all of a sudden, there were things that I was looking back in my life and realizing that, gee, you know, I remember this and this. And, and, and all these things started coming out. And, I'm, and I, I needed to do something with it. And I got, and I started working, you know, started doing this writing, you know, and I, and, and I did it exactly. I had a guide who took me through the steps, and I did it exactly how it was written here. Um, and so I got it down on paper, and it was just like it says here. Um, I had it, I, I, you know, it talks about it. The next page, we'll, so we'll see the columns. 
but you know, I followed the directions as of here. I was here, and I was able to see where I did get the ball rolling. Where I was the one who who started things going um, with my with what I wanted. Why weren't you doing what I wanted you to do? That's where my selfishness and the lies I told myself and the behaviors that I I did because of of I wasn't getting what I wanted. Um, you know, and this comparison of just like a shopkeeper, a store owner must go through his inventory um, to get rid of things that are unsaleable. Me too. This is what what I need to do. Once I decided that I'm not okay, can I just finish the sentence? Once I realized that I was not the God, and that I came to it, I realized that you know God was now my director, my employer, my um. I, I, my principle, I needed to like clean out my stuff, clean out all my, look through my stuff and see what it is that's blocking me from him. And it started with this process and, um, and it continues today. Um, and I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Deborah. Okay. So we're on page 64. We started with the first paragraph. Therefore, we started upon a personal inventory. We read through the top of page 65. We were burned up. Who would like to share on these three paragraphs? Gina F. This is Larry K. Okay, just one second. So Gina F. Barbara E. Larry K. I think Kim G. Kim G. Okay, great. Thank you. Barbara Thank you, C. Leah D. Harlan G. Barbara E. Gina F. I got you, Barbara. Thank you, C. Okay, Cynthia and Charles, we'll stop there. Let me just get these down. Cynthia, Tina S, Harlan G, Kim G. Okay, um, <clears throat> okay, I think it was Gina F, Larry K, Kim G, Barbara E, Leah D, Harlan G, Tina S, Cynthia, I don't have your initial, and Charles H. Okay, go ahead, Gina F. All right, am I still unmuted? Yes, you are. Thank you. Okay, great. Hi, Gina F. Recovered just for today in Connecticut. So today I'm focusing in on the first two paragraphs here, the analogy of the shopkeeper taking inventory. Um, I think this is really important because um, some, a lot of people that I've worked with, um, they start – to get depressed when they do their inventories. And, um, and I always bring them back to this paragraph. These two paragraphs show me how the steps flow into one another. You know, and I think it's important to come back to that line too, that you know, being convinced that self and its many manifestations was what caused our trouble. Are we still convinced of that when we're going through this process? You know, the first time, the first couple times, I did inventories. Um, it was really just an academic exercise. You know, it was filling out some charts um, and hoping that I would get an A at the end um, and graduate. And that's not what this is all about. This is about taking inventory of my unsaleable goods, identifying those things which have caused me trouble. Am I still convinced as I'm going through this inventory, as I'm listing out my resentment, do I start to get caught up? in the story 
of it, of what everybody has done to me. Um, am I still convinced that I have a part in this? That's what this inventory is about. It's about disclosing those, as it said in the, in the pages before, you know, all of those ways that I brought this upon myself. Is that being elucidated or am I, am I getting caught up in that story? You know, I spent so much time developing this story about what people had done to me and who I was in relation to them. You know, and my story was always, I'm not good enough. Nobody likes me. And so I have to do whatever every, somebody else wants so that they'll like me. And then when they leave me anyway, um, that's when I get sore because I was acting in a way in order to make, you know, to, to get an outcome for myself. I was self-seeking in my being kind, quote, unquote, and generous. Um, so those are the things that I'm looking for here. All of the ways that I've developed this story over my lifetime that, has, that isn't working for me. And I need to focus on that. You know, it's not about writing out my life story um, so that I can make you feel bad for me. It's about disclosing those character defects which have caused me terrible pain and have destroyed my relationships with other people and ultimately drove me to eat. So that's where my focus needs to be. And, and I love how this explains how steps one, two, and three flow into step four. This is why we're doing it. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gina. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Kim G. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Uh, thanks for your service, Katie. Start my timer here. I'm going to focus on, uh, you know, the resentment is the number one offender. You know, the, the, this is, it reminds me, this is an imperfect program inhabited by imperfect people. But nonetheless, we have to look at our resentments because my resentments are the chains that are going to drag me through life. And, you know, the habitual nature of resentments means that you know, it's it's never specific to one behavior. Nobody re resents perhaps just one thing, um, you know, and its contents is rarely forgotten. Instead, you know, each new resentment for a guy like me, I'm going to perceive unfairness and I'm going to link it onto previous resentments and it's going to build and it's going to become a heavy chain that's going to drag me through life. You know, and resentments for me, you know, the resentments, the easy explanations of bad feelings is a large part of why it lasts so long and keeps me blocked off from God. I need to get these down. I need to, this is a, an archaeological dig, isn't it? It's a fact finding. We're going to find those facts. We're going to root them out and we're going to face them. We're going to face these resentments. And it's an interesting thing for me that, you know, without these covert resentments, even a depressed brain even a brain, an, an egocentric brain like mine, it will look for ways with God's help to heal and correct and improve. But a worried brain, you know, full of resentments, that's going to be hard. If you have a worried brain, but it's free of hidden resentments, well, then with God's help, it's going to muster the resources. It's going to find the antidotes to anxiety with God's help because we're going to learn more, we're going to make plans, we're going to increase the ability to cope. That all happens with a power greater than myself. 
a brain confronted with frustration and failure. But, it, but if it's free of resentments, God can flow through. And I'm going to begin to reconceptualize the problem. And maybe my thinking and the way I feel is different today. And I'm going to try something that's more likely to succeed with God's help. That's why we start this process. But it doesn't happen in step four. This is just the beginning of the archaeological dig. I've got to complete the process. But this is the start. This is the start. Thank God for that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And now we have Kim G. followed by Barbara E. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. One object. One object is to dispose damaged or unsaleable goods to get rid of them promptly and without regret. You know, there's different inventories and they have different objectives, and that's the objective of this big book four-step inventory. You know, there's a lot of different four-step inventories out there. I, my, what has brought me freedom is this inventory. So I'm just going to talk about it from my perspective, my personal experience, trying other different inventories. And if they work for you, that's great. But for those of you that had the same experience as me, I just wanted to share that. So one object that I saw in other inventories was I was just trying to discover and understand my past. That never brought me freedom. You know, one other one was just basically was an autobiography. You know, and the more that I wrote, the more quote-unquote thorough I was. So if you wrote a three-subject notebook worth of a inventory and I wrote a five-subject notebook worth of an inventory, then I won. You know, I was talking about here without regret. What I found is when I wrote those type of inventories, what happened was I was just answering a bunch of questions that it reinforced my resentment, it reinforced my fears, and it reinforced my sex conduct. In fact, I justified and rationalized all that stuff. You know, I, I found that I, I stayed in the fourth step for like a year. And what would happen is I would continue to pick up because staying in that, as my one friend says, staying in that poopy diaper for any length of time, I'm going to have to pick up. You know, I thought that the inventory, when I look at the wall, was only step four. See, the inventory is actually a process. It's four through nine. So when I said I've done a lot of inventory, what I realized was I had not done an inventory according to the big book because I had never completed four through nine. You know, I was told this is not about feeling bad at myself, so I'd write about assets. Big book doesn't say that because, you know what, what am I looking for? We were taught yesterday that I'm looking for those things that are blocking me from my higher power. My assets aren't blocking me from my higher power. But this is supposed to be fact-finding and fact-facing. So what I'm looking for are those things that are taking up rent in my head for free. If someone made fun of me in third grade and I haven't thought about it since fourth grade, that's not blocking me. So I'm supposed to be taking away those things that are big in my head. I'm not trying to write about every moment of my life. You know, those first three columns that we just, that are just discussed here, honestly, I've done that most of my life. Because, you know, I think about my fourth grade diary. I talked about who I was mad at, why I was mad at them, and how it affected me. In fact, I had one side with, with that exact explanation, and the other side was my secret life with Scott Bayo because I was so upset with how my life was. That never got me anywhere. I had to get to the fourth column, which we're going to discuss in a couple of days. And I have to tell you, my number one objective was to have the person who took my fifth step hate these people as much as I did. My experiences, that didn't work, and this fourth step in the big book brought me freedom. And with that, I passed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, now we have Barbara E. 
who will be followed by Leah D. Thank you, Barbara E. Barbara E, please press star one to unmute. Thank you, I thought I was. Um, thank you, KDG, for your service and to everyone else for their incredible shares. I love this page, the words vital, crucial, strenuous effort to face and be rid of things in ourselves. And do it now. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't take a year for it. Don't take a month for it. Get it down imperfectly. It can always be added to. I was not ready to get rid of those character liabilities till I got to six and seven and even eight and nine. I had to continue to find the root of my spiritual bankruptcy. It says get rid of unsaleable goods. I don't know about you, but when I go to the dentist, she, inev- she says to me, where's the pain? And I'll say, I'm not really sure. It's somewhere around this tooth. Well, she needed more information, and I need more information about my unsaleable merchandise. It, I must be ready to get rid of those goods, even the ones I hoard close to my vest. I may not be able to get rid of them now, but hopefully someday. Things, as was said, that are taking space in my head right now, re-feeling those anger, sadness, all of those things. When I go to a place that makes me unhappy, sad, it, it brings me to eat. Last night I was in incredible physical pain. And all I could think of was, maybe if I took something to eat, I would forget the pain in my body. Fortunately, I didn't do that. If someone cuts me off when I'm in the car, if someone is tailgating me, things would bother me. I can't let them bother me today. I have to be willing to go through with this scrupulously. Thank you so much. I do pass. Just do it, folks. Do it. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Okay, Leah D., you're up, followed by Harlan G. Leah D., please press star one to unmute. Okay, Harlan, how about if you jump in and we'll um, come back to Leah D.? Hi. Okay, Katie, I'll do that. Oh, Thank here. You. Sorry, Harlan. Oh. I think she's here. Here you go. No Leia. problem. Oh, I'm you. sorry. I was talking. I was talking. I thought I was on me. My name is Leah S. And I, I'm not sure because I was the one who spoke up. So I, I just wanted to be sure. Um, it's okay. Yes, that's fine. Go. I barely heard your voice, and I, I just got the initial wrong. Thank you. Then I apologize. Okay. My name is Leah S., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. So um, we're, we're into the first, um, uh, the first most uh, offensive uh, kind of um, emotion that, that I was facing when I started with step four. I had extreme difficulty because 
step four, resentment meant a whole therapy session. It meant for me um, a justification, and it meant for me retaliation, and it meant for me I had to explain everything that went on and so I could prove I thought it was all about the other person. Resentment men, means simply I'm angry at this person and keeping that emotion or writing it down for yourself if that helps you, whatever else is going on. But it's it's taking it all into um into one category. This is the emotion, and um, and not going into the whole the whole saga of my life story, and that was what I needed to understand when I did step four, um, when I started doing step four, and then also grouping together. Why am I angry? Not the whole saga, just one thing. Why am I angry? I I just got a cut. That was it. That's what I was angry. You know, I I got a cut on my finger. So really understanding how to do this step, they're saying that if the owner is to be successful of his business, then he has to understand the values. So this was not in my mind. But if I would think always when I'm doing the resentment, that the value of the outcome of this process is going to bring me peace of mind. It's going to take my cravings away. It's going to change my behaviors of of what I had had. And it's going to be to the positive side. Then that helped me. That was the one that had to be um, taking my mind all the time while I was doing that. And thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah. Okay, um, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Tina F. Thanks, Katie. Good morning to not only you, Katie, but also to Team Tuesday for making this wonderful meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, this is a very simple process. There's nothing difficult. We don't have to download anything. We don't have to go buy any books or concordances on it. We're going to use four columns for uh, resentments, four for fear, five for sex with a separate sex ideal. I don't. There are many special editions which explain a lot of things. Uh, I've done them. Lori's done them. I think Kim's done them, and others have done them too. Larry, maybe. Um, but this is a very simple process. But let's, I'm going to take a look. I want to focus in on resentment as the number one offender. The reason that I want to focus in on that is because what we're doing in step four is we are looking at what has been driving us by the hair against our will into the arms of the food. Resentment is to refeel, resentment, resentment. Re means to do again. Sentiment comes from an old word, sentiri, which means to feel. And resentment is, there's a payoff to a resentment. What is the payoff to a resentment? Why do I love them so much? Why do I rehearse resentment and fertilize resentment and water resentment and share resentment? 
because the payoff to a resentment is I don't have to take responsibility for my own life. I can abdicate responsibility and I can assign blame to the other person or the other institution. And if they hadn't have done that to me, I wouldn't be the way I am today. That's the payoff to a resentment. I can abdicate responsibility. And they bring up a lot of feelings of fear and resentment or, or, or remorse or guilt or shame or an anger. And what do these feelings do when they build up enough? They will drive me into the food irresistibly in search of relief from the pain of not eating. And the pain of not eating is too much for me to bear. And the pain of eating becomes preferable because my mind will lock in on what the food will do for me, not what the food will do to me because of the mental blank spot. That's why these emotions are fatal because the food will do the killing of the illness. Food is not the problem. Food is the solution to the problem. Resentments, fears, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dishonesty, guilt, shame, remorse, happiness, that's the problem. And this step will put me in touch with where we are so we can know where we're going. And it also lets me know my stock and trade. It, will, it is a process of uncover, discover, and discard. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, now we have Tina S., please, followed by, sorry, I walked away from my paper. Tina S., followed by Cynthia. Go ahead, please, Tina S. Thanks so much, Katie. Okay, we can't hear you, Tina. Sorry, Katie. Okay. Tina has recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. Thanks so much for your service. Wow, some great stuff and such a uh, little bit of uh, information here, you know. And I was always told that this is the good. This is the good news, you know, that I could look at myself, my unsellable goods, and and continue on with a life beyond my wildest dreams. Because if it was about somebody else, I was screwed because I was so powerless and. All this stuff made my life unmanageable, you know, and I love that the solution is in two through 12. You know, I can't stay in one. I cannot stay there, you know, but I, well, I also like that it says, it says resentment is the number one offender, destroys more alcoholics than anything else, you know, and it tells me, you know, it, it, there's all kind of spiritual disease and I'm not only mentally and physically ill, but I'm spiritually sick. You know, and when I got here, I didn't like that once when the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. I said, well, I'll take care of that spiritual stuff later. I want to, let's get the mental and the physical done, you know, and, and that's not my experience, did not work that way. So I suggest that we just follow directions, you know, because when I follow the directions, I get the result, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I also like that, you know, when I look at, at my stuff, you know, and I, and I suggest everybody, get, you know, have somebody do this with you. You know, I did it by myself, didn't get very successful result for sure, you know, and I was told that this is not a dissertation. You know, I am not going to get a degree. You know, I might get an opportunity to live my life one day at a time free, you know, and then Nobody cared that that whether it was raining outside, how cold it was, or or what somebody else was wearing. This is causes and conditions, 
you know, and, and I wanted to tell you a beautiful story about how people harmed me. Well, you know, that was not the case. That was not how I got a result, you know. And so when I just followed directions, I, I read the black, you know, and I followed it and I, and I got a piece of paper and I got a pen and I wrote down this stuff very shortly, you know, nothing very long. You know, I got the result. And that's what happens when I follow directions. And, and the good news is that it talks about, you know, again, being convinced. I love, you know, we, we hear that all over. You know, I've got to be convinced that life run on my self-will will hardly be success. So I had to have a power greater than myself do this thing for me, you know. And uh, great stuff. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, Cynthia, you're up, followed by Charles H. Um, thanks. This is Cynthia C. May I be heard? Yes. Thank you very much. I want to first just start off by thanking everybody for their service for this meeting this morning and for everybody who's just made this meeting happen all together. I'm so grateful every morning to be able to have a place to come to hear the 12 steps according to the big book. It's just, it's such a a gift beyond my imagination where the promises, you know, a way for me to help the promises come true. Um, I really, really, really love these paragraphs, and I did not always love these paragraphs at all, and I used to be terrified about the idea of doing a fourth step, just terrified because I was such a monster. I was just the worst, you know, I was uniquely flawed. I was the worst person in the world, and should I look at myself, I'm going to see a monster, and should other people find out how horrible I am, they, you know, would go running. Um, And I know I'm not the only person to feel that way. Anything I feel, many people have felt. Um, And I've learned that in this program. Um, But the the lines that really strike me is, you know, inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. It is an effort to discover the truth about the stock and trade. Nowhere in here does it say this process is so that you can beat yourself up. Nowhere in here does it say, you know, delve into figuring out why you are the worst person in the world. Nowhere does it say, find out why nobody loves you or you're horrible or anything or why you're a monster. It doesn't. It says it's a fact-finding mission. And it is, and nowhere does it say, use this step to beat up on yourself or take a hammer to your head. And when I realized that, when I learned that, when I learned that from other people, that it is simply a fact-finding mission. It is a way to find the patterns in my life that are dragging me down. It was a huge sense of freedom, just a huge sense of freedom. And, and it can be really a simple step. And it is meant to be fairly simple, as Harlan said. You know, um, when I came into Vision for You and I redid you know, my step work and I did the fourth step, my sponsor had me use the um, fourth step inventory sheets from oabigbook.info, which a lot of people use. And she had me just on my, you know, to start doing just doing it simply. First, fill out the first column. Who am I? Who, what, or where am I? Who, is, who am I resentful about to, towards, you know? And then the second column, what is my resentment? And, you know, and then she walked me through each of the other columns. And it was simply looking at what was there. It was simply looking at my resentments. And it wasn't a way to find out why am I the worst person in the world. It was nothing about that. And then when I turned over my fourth step and I did my fifth step with my sponsor, 
shouldn't blink at anything. There was nothing that I had done that somebody else hadn't done. I'm not so unique. I am not. Thank you. I'm not so horrible. And because of doing this in a simple way, I was just, I was able to get so much freedom. So I just want to encourage people to, to take it gently and to, it's just, it's an amazing step. Thank you very much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Cynthia C. Okay, Charles H., you're up. Thank you, KBF, for your service. This is Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Man, there's a lot of good meat in here. Um, so I want to touch on where it says um, to get rid of them promptly without regret. And Barbara touched on the dentist uh, analogy a, a bit, but I want to go a little deeper. Um, so I may think that um, a toothache is a big problem. I got a spiritual toothache every single day, and it's not really the big problem. So I, it, the root canal may be the solution. So um, I have to allow some digging every single day. Now, I could think that just because, you know, I may be, maybe I'm under Mother Teresa, but I'm pretty sure she had toothaches and root canals, and a person with a beach body probably have toothaches and need root canals as well. What I'm trying to say is, um, if you're a human like me, um, chances are you have resentments every single day. Now, with me, you know, you know, if somebody asks you, hey, Charles, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm a liar. I'm not good. I ain't do no 10 steps. I ain't do no 11 steps. I didn't try to carry the message to somebody else. And somebody, I stepped on somebody's toes, and they retaliated, and I felt some type of way. Right? And just because the food is down 100% don't mean that the toothache's going to go away. Just because I got real in the fourth step and, and, and gave away a fifth step don't mean the toothache's going to go away. The surgery is starting, and I want to drill where it says to get rid of them promptly. I probably think Bill W. wrote this, this chapter in 20 minutes to get rid of all this junk promptly because if I lollygag at the dentist and have them just put some ambasol on that thing, I'm going to be in more pain just like, like, like in nine seconds, like from binging. Like if I binge, it'll numb it for a minute, and then I'm back to square one, thinking that the toothache is the, is the problem. No, the lack of having that root canal is the problem with six, seven, eight, and nine after doing four and five and then living in 10, 11, and 12. See, we throw this around like some salami. Oh, yeah, we're living 10, 11, and 12. Do we get real with ourselves? Like, I don't know about you, but I'm a highly emotional guy, and um, I need a root canal every single day. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Okay, if you've just joined us in the last um, minutes as we've been reading, we've been on page 64, the first paragraph, and we read through three paragraphs, ending at the top of 65. Who else would like to share? We have time for Nancy P. about four more people. Katie D. Nancy from P. Boston. Nancy P., Katie G. Monica T. Monica T. <coughs> okay, we can take one more. Okay, I'll put myself down then. Katie F. Carmela G. Okay, Carmela, you can have my spot. Oh, no, no, take it. I didn't hear you. I was unmuting. Take it. 
Okay, whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, okay, go ahead, please, Nancy P. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, Nancy P. from Boston. Um, yeah, this fourth step thing was um, sort of a big hairball. I have I had been through the process once, and I thought it was a contest, and I wanted to win. So I wrote for three years, one hour every night for six nights a week for three years. And I had a thousand resentments and a 500 page um, tome. <laughs> and, um, you know, someone, you know, people are saying, you know, resentment or refeeling. I never stopped feeling any of this stuff. I mean, I write it down and it was as fresh as a new coat of paint. I just was like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, I hate that guy. Oh, I hate that person. And, you know, that was pretty much my solution. That was what, that was the answer to everything is, you know, my fear was the same, you know, low self-esteem, lack of control, et cetera. And then in the end, hate that person, hate that, hate, you know, like just, I was bubbling over with it. And um, so, you know, when I started this process through vision, my sponsor said to me at the, uh, as we approached this, um, she said, okay, we're, um, you know, we talked three times a week, and it was a Thursday night, and she said, okay, the next time we talk will be two weeks from Friday, and you'll read your fifth, and I thought, that is completely impossible. <laughs> I mean, there's no way I spent all that time before, and, you know, I, it didn't take, so I was prepared for it not to take again. I was prepared for this whole vision process to be, you know, just another fake surrender, another, you know, futile attempt to control my life. Um, which it would have been had that been, you know, the the um, end result. But um, she gave me the forms that everybody's been talking about, um, and I wrote down my fourth step. And you know, it was not complicated and it was not difficult, and um, it wasn't hard to do. Everything about it was pretty easy. And the reason that it was was because I was honest and willing. And she said. Um, don't talk about your fourth grade teacher or your high school boyfriend, only the stuff that's in your head today. And um, so I was able to get it done in two weeks, writing 15 minutes a day. And, um, you know, I have to say that when I, I did, I know that we're not quite on the fifth step, but when I did do my fifth step, um, you know, there were some tears. I did cry. And I did, you know, and I did feel those things and get rid of them. And, you know, it's personal, but I do have Nancy, you're really breaking up. Oh, sorry. All the other stuff that I that I did um, feel, all those resentments, those are gone, and the um, and the noise in my head is gone. So um, I would highly encourage anybody that's um, you know afraid. I would just give you some support and say there's nothing to be afraid of. All you need is willingness and honesty, and your sponsor will help you. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Katie G, you're up, followed by Monica T. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered in Boston. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful for this process out of the big book, that there is no vision for you process. It is a process <clears throat> that we follow out of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. And, um, <clears throat> and this is where I'm a student. And I'm schooling myself in what is wrong with me. And I just was so... Um, astounded by the line, we searched out the flaws in our makeup, which caused our failures, our failures. Like this is not, 
KDG wants to be a better person. This is not like, yeah, I know it's bad to hate people. Yeah, I know it's, it's not what I'm supposed to be doing, but if you knew me, you would know that these people are wrong. It, it's not because I want to be Mother Teresa. It's because I use anger the way I used food. Anger fueled me. And, you know, I love that it talks about, okay, what's happening? So self manifested in various ways is our problem, right? So if I look through the world of KDG is the most important, then you are wrong and you are wrong and you're ugly and you're doing me wrong because you're in my way, right? Like I'm like a steamroller. And if you're in my way, get out of my way. And it was like I could, I could get fueled up exactly like with the food it was like okay well this this horrible thing is happening to me and what i recognize is that it's all in my head but i want to caution everybody like this is just the first part we've not gotten to the other side of the courtroom to look at anybody else's behavior and it's kind of fun right like you get to write down the name and then write down not the story i i tell people pretend you just told me the story and tell them tell me what they did wrong right they didn't call me back they um uh, they they looked at me funny. They stole my opportunity in grade school, whatever it is, because maybe it does still bother you. There were things that still bothered me. I remember the first and last name of some people who, who harassed me, and I felt justified. But the thing is, the reason this is so important is because it is causing you, it is the flaw in your makeup, if you're like me. Sorry, I don't mean to talk at you. That was so wrong. It's the cause in my makeup. It's in my DNA to get so amped up on anger and, and me that I don't, that I, you know, ultimately what's going to happen is eating's going to be a step up. So this is vital. This is vital. What's burning me up? Who's doing me wrong? And what are they doing? Just put it down on paper. And, and don't, you don't need to worry about what's going to happen next. Just put it down on paper. What did people do wrong? And let God like guide you next. And with that, I do pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Monica T., you're up, followed by Carmela G. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. This is Monica T. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are and how it works, and we are starting step four. All right, and it says, this is an inventory we're going to be doing here. It's an invent, And an inventory is a fact-finding and a fact-facing process. Now, I don't see anything in there that it's saying that this is a judging process. This is not about judging. You know, I come into here with distorted lenses, and I can't see things correctly. I don't know what I don't know, and I can't see what I cannot see. And this process of doing this is going to give me a new set of lenses. God is going to reveal things to me. It's not about being, you know, I don't need to be afraid of this. And follow the instructions. The big book is going to tell me exactly, precisely how to do each part of it. So here, the first thing it's saying is talking about resentments. Resentment is the number one offender. Yeah, resentment. Relive, refeel, replay. You know, get on that little hamster wheel, Monica, and replay what she said to hurt your feelings and what you're going to do and how you're going to get back at her, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's all the drama with these resentments that I've been full of. I didn't know this. 
And I would have told you I wasn't a resentful person. I'm not angry at people. I'll blow up and then it's over with. Oh, yeah? Ah, I'm not going to have much of a list. But my guide gave me a list of words and said, well, what about if you use some of these words instead of the word angry? How about annoyed, irritated, upset, offended, insulted, aggravated, pissed off, oh yeah, impatience. Now, does that help you bring up some names? You know, who's annoying you, Monica? Put the name down. How are they annoying you? Seven words or less. Middle column, write it down. And then what did that affect? The third column. And um, so don't be afraid of this, you know. I, I tried to look at it as a scientific experiment in a sense, you know. What did I have to lose? I was miserable. Eating my brains out all the time and not wanting to do it. And here was a way out of this. Don't think about it. Don't try to figure it out. Just do it, Monica. And I did. And I am so thankful. Thank you, God. I pass. Thank you, Monica. Okay, Carmela G., you're up. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share. I'm Carmela G. from New York, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. <laughs> it's it's just an amazing thing um, going through these steps and living in these steps every single day. And the ability that God, once we admit we're powerless and we get information and we're clear because our food is clean, uh, we're clear on our thoughts. Um, When I was reading this this morning with all of you in my mind, I was thinking of the day I took step four and the fear I had and my sponsor saying, just do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. And what I realized was I was such a flawed individual. For six decades, I was numbing myself. I was walking around anesthetized under the influence of food. Not alcohol, not drugs, but food was my drug of choice. And I had such righteous indignation. And I didn't want to say I had any resentments because I was not an honest person. And what I didn't understand was why my sponsor was telling me on a separate piece of paper, list your assets and defects, because I didn't know what the correlation was. And it was a matter of looking at myself. But at that very time, I wasn't ready. But as the years went on, and as I worked the program, and I did that inventory, and I turned it over, And I had the relief, and then I progressed onward and living in the steps every day. Today, I can realize the whole purpose, and not that I have to, but it's a gift. It's a relief. And anybody out there who hasn't done a step four because you're frightened, just do it. Because the relief will come, and if you continue working, It will be a gift that you will be able to become the person that God wants you to be instead of the willful, arrogant person that I was and the way I was living and thinking I was entitled. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I pass. 
Thank you, Carmela. Okay, we've come to um, the end of our meeting. So uh, thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to everyone who made this meeting possible. Sephora F, Gina F, Barbara E, Alana M, Carmela G, Kristen D, Gina R. And uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And our share ID for today, Tuesday, May 29th, is 11,471. That's 11471. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Gina F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, everybody. Gina F. Um, One moment, please. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.